You're listening to your Dental Top 5 podcast with Amanda Hill, informing you on the top trends in dentistry every Thursday. Brought to you by the creators of A Tale of Two Hygienists podcast. And now, here's your host, Amanda Hill. Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of Your Dental Top 5, where we take trending topics in dentistry and break them down into five usable highlights that you can take back to your op, your life, or just look smarter at your next dinner party. I'm your host, Amanda Hill. So today's episode is falling at the beginning of the month. So we've started this new tradition that at the beginning of the month, you get to hear my current top five. So these are the top five things that I am into this month. So I'm into this Elta MD facial sunscreen. My sister-in-law sent it to me and it is really good. It's a sunscreen moisturizer and it feels kind of powdery. I really like it. Highly recommend it. And I'm super into my new hairdryer. It's a Revlon one-step volumizing hairdryer, and it's a brush. It's a round brush and a hairdryer at the same time, but it's all in one thing. And so I no longer have to like use two hands and be all like contortionist. It's really good. I got it at Costco too, so easy to get. The next thing I'm super into in my op is my Isovac. It is saving, talk about ergonomics. It is saving my hide being able to use an Isovac with not holding high-speed suction, but being able to control those aerosols and be able to do aerosol-generating procedures. So I love my Isovac. I'm still super into that Smiler Saver retainer case that magnetizes to the back of your phone for your clear aligners. I've been telling all my patients about it that have Invisalign. It just makes sense. It's so much cleaner. Um, And then the last thing, since it's starting to get warmer, I'm starting to get into LaCroix sparkling water because I'm trying to drink a little alcohol, less alcohol, but still be a little refreshing. And so that's a nice refreshing treat. So speaking of drinking less alcohol, we have a guest on that can't drink any because she's pregnant. (laughs) So anyway, so welcome Carrie Carter Shirellis to the podcast today. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me, Amanda. I'm happy to be here. I am super excited. Um, I, I think we sort of got connected via Facebook. I think I read something that you did and I was like, oh my gosh, I got to know her. Like, and I, I think I just reached out to her and was like, I have to know you. We need to know each other um, because your words really spoke to me. And you have actually written a book, like a whole book, right? I did. I did. Yes. It's called The Ultimate Guide for Dental Hygienist Burnout because I'm a dental hygienist and I got burnout and many of my peeps, they get burnout too. We do. You are so right about that. And, you know, I just wrote that article in RDH magazine called Halfway Hygiene, which is a lot. It, I mean, it really touches on a lot of those feelings of burnout and just feeling like things aren't quite right for you. And that's a different thing for each person, right? Right. There's, there's a lot of different reasons why people get burnout. There's a long list of reasons, um, especially if you're a dental hygienist. It could be ergonomics or you're seeing too many patients or you're not having the correct instruments or Uh, One big thing is you just don't feel heard. You don't feel that you're being respected or treated like a professional. So there's a long list of reasons why people get burnout. And the book really helps address some of those different topics or just ways to help prevent it or recover from it. So yes, definitely need it. And you get to speak at the ADHA annual conference this year on burnout, don't you? I do. I do. The topic is unwelcome behavior. Um, overcoming host- a hostile work environment. So that's basically what we're talking about today. That, hostile work environment. That Bye. is what we're talking about today. How did you become an expert in this? <laughs> I guess by default. Exactly. <laughs> I, guess, I guess, unfortunately, I, I worked in a number of toxic work environment um, um, situations. So I became an expert in 
putting myself in toxic work environment situations. <laughs> so I learned um, from that and I really want to help my colleagues maybe look at red flags so that they don't get themselves in the same situations or avoid what I got into. So that's how I kind of got into this topic and made it my platform because it's something I'm passionate about because I know how detrimental it can be to our whole being dealing with burnout and dealing with um, being in a hostile work environment, how it affects us on so many different levels. So, so you can say that uh, you really are making something good out of uh, a situation that at the time really felt awful, but you, you've really kind of turned it around and figured out how to make the best of, of those experiences. Good for you. Right. Speaking, I mean, you, you started speaking about alcohol, which I cannot drink, but I like to say turning lemons into limoncello. So there you go. You know, <laughs> perfect. Well, let's launch into our a top five ways to overcome a hostile work environment. What is number one? Well, number one, I have document everything. So you want to document the good, the bad, and the ugly. You really want to keep records of what was said, who said it to you, what was said. Um, just like we document in our charts, if you're a hygienist or a medical professional, you have to write down things that the, you observed or what the patient said or did. And that's the same thing you want to do because I found that if you don't do that, you start second guessing the situation. You start thinking like, well, maybe I'm being crazy. Maybe I'm being oversensitive. Maybe it didn't happen like that. But if you have record, then you can go back like a journal and look at it and see how it's accumulated over time. And you never know if you're going to need to use that um, with HR or bring it to someone's attention or God forbid you have to use it for some type of litigation. You want to have it instead of the he said, she said, if you want to have it written down, basically. You know, it's funny. I've always um, pushed back against journaling uh, in, in, any, in any regard, you know, but you always hear, mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, journaling so good. It helps you process. It helps you. Well, I, listeners, if you've never journaled and you're like me and you're like, I'm not going to journal, I can't fit another thing in my darn life and I don't want to write it down and I don't want somebody to find it and all of those reasons. I have started journaling in the last year. And oh my gosh, it is amazing. It's an amazing process, even if you're not even dealing with a hostile work environment, but it's just amazing to process things. And as you journal, it's amazing how much you know the answers to yourself. You can start to give yourself advice. You can start to work through things and really overcome some issues. But I do love that idea. We do second guess ourselves and say, what? Oh, maybe it didn't really happen that way. Or yeah, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just sensitive. I'm so sensitive. And, you know, I, that's, that's a really great way. And it's, so it does double duty. It can give you some therapy at the same time. It, it definitely does. So we know that many of the, Popular people, they talked about their journals they've had throughout their life, um, Michelle Obama, Oprah Winfrey, all these different ones. And it really can prove therapeutic for us because we can see where we were years ago and where we are now. So we can see how we've grown or be like, well, I was really messed up then, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sure. and, then, and then see how much better we are or see things that we have worked on and become stronger or things that we still need to do to work on ourselves. Absolutely. That's a great idea. All right. Well, what's number two? Number two is developing positive affirmations for ourselves. So we want to basically speak powerfully to ourselves every day, be positive. I like to write positive quotes down or sticky notes and leave them in different places. I even did that in my operatories. I would write down maybe a quote or a scripture or something that I look, could look at daily that when someone came to me with something, um, that was really discouraging or maybe they were bullying me. I could look at it really quick 
Um, something else I did is Pinterest. I love Pinterest. I love all social media, but <laughs> I love Pinterest. And so I have all kind of Pinterest boards where I would pin different quotes that spoke to me or empowered me. Um, and I still do that. I still look at them. And in my the first chapter of every every chapter in my book, I have a quote that opens up the book because I really love quotes. And then reading books. So reading books really helped me to get out of that dark place when I was feeling really sad about the situations that I was in. Um, I read the um, How to Beat a Workplace Bully by Dr. Lynn Curry. I read, read Boundaries by Henry Cloud. So this different books that were going to make me a stronger person or recognize what was being done to me so I can get kind of get out of victim mode and become stronger. That's huge, getting out of victim mode. I think we see that a lot on um, social media platforms and things like that. And sometimes I just want to be like, what, did you say anything? <laughs> like, you got to say something. Um, if you if you want things to change, there's not going to be yeah. a hocus pocus, you know, fairy godmother that comes down and, and says something for you. So, yeah. I feel the same way, but at the same time, I recognize that I wasn't always at that place where I would say anything, see, say something too. Me neither. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty passive. Totally. So I've, be, I've become stronger now. But so I, I try to give people grace because a lot of times as not the stereotype, but a lot of times many hygienists are fearful. You know, we just want to be good healthcare providers and provide treatment. But many of us have fear of confrontation or conflict. I think we're pleasers. Or, we're pleasers. Yes. Yeah, yes, we want to make basically. people happy. We want to love people and make everybody happy. And conflict does yeah. not make people happy. Right. So fight or flight or fight response. We learned about that in school and everything. And many of us are runners. Like I'm actually a runner. You yeah. know, not pregnant, but I'm, <laughs> I'm a runner. And so I'd rather not deal with the conflict or just wish it away. But what I've come to learn is not dealing with conflict creates more conflict. And when you say you're going to let something go, it never goes. It just builds upon each like calculus. It keeps building layer upon layer. <laughs> Ooh, what a good analogy. Oh, yes. That's exactly how it works. All right. Well, what's number three? Develop boundaries. So to go along with what we were saying before, a lot of us don't have established boundaries in place. Um, and so people don't know what our limits are and they test them. So I mentioned in my book that I kind of related to Jurassic Park, the velociraptors, if you remember them, they would hit themselves against the electric fence to see the weaknesses in the fence and to see how they were going to get out. So if we don't have any established boundaries, it's like we're walking around Jurassic Park. We don't have any protection. We're just out and open and we're wondering why all the animals are salivating trying to get at us. If we have boundaries, then we know we're kind of going to be safe. So by having the boundaries is a protection more so for us than from the other people, because they will know that we have a limit and they can't cross that limit or that boundary. You know, in that book that you talked about, I just read uh, during the pandemic and started to set up some boundaries sort of in my life and with my family and things like that. And I got to tell you, in the very beginning, if you start to set some boundaries, the people you love that are used to you doing things might not appreciate your boundaries. <laughs> right That's away, <laughs> but they will eventually get used to them because they love you. And they know that when you have those boundaries in place, you are a much nicer and you're less snappy. And cause, cause you were like, no, this is what I got. This is what I have to offer. This is what I'm doing. Um, and, and, and these are my limits. And, and I, then I think people know how to treat you too. Right. I, like you said, a lot of times we can be people pleasers. So I used to say yes a lot to a lot of different things, even when I wanted to say no or I was already overwhelmed. 
I would feel like I needed to help this person out or sacrifice. And then I would be, you know, a little resentful because I didn't say no. And it's, you know, I, I had the power to say no. So it really helped me change that. And so when I say yes, I really mean yes. And when I say no, I meant no. And I don't need to give a whole long explanation about the no. Right. No is a complete sentence. Exactly. It's a hard lesson <laughs> to learn, though. I'm not good at that one. I'm working. All right. Well, what's number four? Exercise. So exercise is important. It helps release those endorphins. It helps us deal with stress, get rid of negative energy. When I especially was getting bullied at this one um, office, I did insanity every day like a crazy person. I love Shanti, man. Shanti's the best. He's my trainer. So 5 a.m. I did the insanity workout. And when I did it, I didn't listen to the music that they have, you know, that little corny music. I would actually blast inspirational videos, motivational videos on YouTube from um, motivational speakers like Les Brown, Compilations, or Eric Thomas, the hip hop preacher. And that would really set me mentally, kind of like those positive affirmations to go about my day. So I did that every morning. I was in the best physical shape of my health, even though I was trying to hold it together. (laughs) Like I was trying to hold my mental state together with a bobby pin. I was, I was rock hard. So <laughs> exercise twofold. You know, Sean T would love to hear that. We, we should call, we should have Sean T on the podcast so you can tell him that. Cause I, I know he would love it. He probably would. Yeah. Yeah. He and I are friends. He doesn't know me, but I, I'm friends with him. <laughs> oh, I, I follow my trainer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I gotta go work out with my trainer. Sean T. <laughs> All right. Well, what's number five? Number five is get help. So talk to a therapist, talk with someone, a consultant, a coach, network um, with different peers. Just know you're not alone. So what really helped me is when I got on Facebook and instead of just treating it as a way to look at people's pictures and babies and weddings and everything, when I learned about different dental forums, that helped me because I saw I wasn't alone in this battle of burnout and hostile work environment. My other dental colleagues were battling the same thing. So it made me not feel like, well, if this keeps happening, then maybe I'm the one at fault and everything like that. So I definitely encourage people to get out there and network, go to the different meetings. Like we talked about the ADHA, the RDH meeting, everything so that you can learn more about your profession, develop a stronger passion about something and really talk about these key issues. And I also talk about, you know, at some point you may need to leave that situation you can't really change anything but yourself, even though you may try or you may try to address it. I liken it to staying in an environment that has toxic water, toxic air. It's going to affect you. And the longer you stay in that environment, the more it's going to be detrimental to your health. So I definitely recommend that people work on getting out of that environment. At times we stay, like we said, because of fear or finances. Or, you know, we love our patients, but at the same time, we ultimately are getting affected by that. So get help. Don't just think that you have to go be alone at this. Absolutely. And I think sometimes you don't even know, you don't even know that some of the stuff happening to you is, is not right if you don't start talking to other people. And then you're like, wait, oh my gosh. Oh, I, I need to, okay, I need to figure this out. And, and really having somebody to kind of stick up for you and sort of be that sounding board is really key. Right. Yeah. And, and you have a Facebook group too that helps with that, don't you? I do. I do. It's called the um, Dental Hygienist Burnout Prevention, Recovery, and Career Options. So in that group, people are able to talk about the different circumstances that they're dealing with. Some people are looking for different career options. So um, other people are able to help them out. I'm not the 
only person who's there. You know, there's a well, it's almost a thousand people there now. So they are able to give them different directions, different C courses and really give guidance. So it's, it's a phenomenal group. Everyone's growing in support of one another. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great group. You guys should uh, join it. And then every Friday you have people post their wins for the week, which is a great affirmation and a great way to celebrate, right? Yeah. So Fridays I'm having that as the day everyone tries to post the wins from the week. So, you know, talking about burnout in um, hostile work environments can get a depression sometimes. So we want to talk about something good. Something good must have happened that week. And then on Saturdays, people are allowed to post if they have a business or a podcast or whatever they want to post um, on their special thread to try to um, get everyone connected in the group. So I love that. It's super fun. All right. Well, let's review your top five ways to overcome a hostile work environment. One is document everything. Just start journaling. I'm telling you, it's a good thing. Number two, develop positive affirmations and reading. There is a, a, just a wealth of books out there. It's, a, it's just overwhelming almost, but just pick one. Number three is setting some boundaries. Speaking of books, read the boundary book. Uh, number four, exercise. Get to know Shanti because he's, he's quite the trainer. And number five is get help. Reach out and help someone. Carrie, thank you so much for coming on today. I really You're appreciate welcome. you sharing with us. If people want to reach out to you, how can they find you? They can find me on everyone's social media <laughs> so, because I, I'm always on my phone. So my email address, smiles at gmail.com. Facebook is Carrie Carter Shirellas and Instagram is kmc.smiles. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I think this is going to help a whole lot of people that might be feeling a little overwhelmed and hopefully this will help you kind of step out of that and take some power back. Well, everyone, we all know that only four out of five dentists could agree. So if you have something to add to this top five or you have the idea for a whole nother top five, email me at amandahillrdh at gmail.com. And we'll be sure to include your dental top five. Make it a great day. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of your dental top five. Be sure to join us next Thursday to hear more from Amanda. 